She's a Super Geek is a proud member of the Misdirected Mark Network. Stay tuned after the show for a quick chat between me and Michael at the RPG Academy about what this means for us and why things changed. It's a listening to episode 74 of She's a Super Geek, the actual play RPG podcast highlighting women as GMs. I'm Senda, and on today's episode, my co-host Emily and I are joined by game designer Camden Wright and Haley from Story Brewers to play the Story Brewers' new game, which is currently up on Kickstarter, Good Society. Good Society is a collaborative role-playing game that seeks to capture the heart and the countenance of Jane Austen's works. We had so much fun playing this game, I can't recommend it enough. It's going to be on Kickstarter for 12 more days as of the drop date of this episode, so please go check it out if you haven't backed it already. It's really, really fun. And now let's thank some of our outstanding Patreon backers. Laura, thank you so much, Laura. And the One Shot Network. Hey, James and Kat, and everybody, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. If you guys don't listen to any of the one-shot shows, I highly recommend checking them out. And also, Kevin Brown. Thank you so much, Kevin. And with all that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to a special Regency-era She's a Super Geek. Today we are busting out our fine china and skirts with lack of pockets. Bonnets. (laughs) And bonnets. And bonnets to play Good Society. I'm here. I'm Emily with my co-host, Senda. Hello. Here with the game's creator. So, Haley, tell us a little bit about who you are and the game. I'm Haley. I'm from Story Brewers. I'm one half of Story Brewers, and we made this game called Good Society. And basically, in this game, it is Regency role-playing. So you play the characters that would have stepped out of an Austen novel to create your own story that is basically as Austen-esque as possible. Drama and romance ensues, inevitably. It's, it's just part of the game. It's one of the game's core mechanics. Hooray! And, and Camden, are you comfortable with drama? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm feeling a certain ennui as we speak. <laughs> it's right, more appropriate to ask about romance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Camden, tell us more about who you are, though, too. Hi, I'm Camden Wright, game designer from Denver, Colorado. I'm currently working on a game called One Child's Heart, and you can find out more about me on Camden, C-A-M-D-O-N dot com, or at uh, my game company, Analog Letters dot com. Take it away, Game Master. Facilitator in this game. Um, Good Society is a game that's played in phases. And the first phase in our game is the phase called collaboration, where we decide what kind of story it is that we want to tell together to make sure that everybody is on the same page. So we're going to do collaboration for this game coming up. First question that is part of collaboration is, this game is designed to sort of emulate the style of Austin. So what is it about Austin that, like, interests or excites you guys? What do you want to see in the game? It can be anything from, like, many bonnets to, like, <laughs> I really like long, repressed romances. <laughs> I was going to say long, repressed romances. Yeah. Are, like, actually kind of. And I feel like when this episode drops, everybody will just have finished listening to Tension. And it's just appropriate. We should just keep the theme going. Yeah. <laughs> I like... 
I like misunderstandings that could be easily solved if they just talked about it, but they don't. Oh, that's so good. Because yeah. it's the Regency era. <laughs> right. So oh, romantic comedy, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think we already answered the next question, which is what tone should the story have? I think we are very clearly going with romantic comedy. So actions have consequences, but past misdemeanors can be recovered from. Fortunate and humorous coincidences can occur, and triumphant moments are possible. Supporting characters respect their own interests, but can be swayed. Society is quick to judge, but also quick to forget. So the next question in collaboration is, how important is historical accuracy? And our choices are not at all, a little, or a lot. I'm going not at all every day of the week, but... (laughs) (laughs) I'm cool. I'm good with not at all. So that's fine because it means we'll do okay. the best. Job. <laughs> well, we'll do we'll do the best that we can, but the story is more important. I like that. Yeah, the story is more important. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, a little bit. Basically, it, it means that we'll never stop the game to be like. Uh, so did they have that in 1792? Uh, hold on. Let oh me- God, no, yeah. no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> okay, the next very important question. How will we treat the gender power balance? And our options are historical, which is the standard Regency patriarchy, off, which basically means it's normal and acceptable for people of all genders to have careers, make the first move, inherit, and marry whoever they want. You know, I mean, status is still important, but gender-wise, marry whoever they want. Or in reverse, which means it's normal and acceptable that only women can have careers, make the first move, and inherit entailed estates. I'm fascinated. I like all of these options, actually. So, <laughs> If you're not sure, we could roll with historical because it's sort of more archetypical of the game. I'm okay with that. If you guys are okay with that. <laughs> yeah, Camden, how do you feel about patriarchy? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I kind of feel like this. <laughs> so Camden literally has a tattoo on his forearm that yeah. says, smash the patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> I will role play whatever is asked of me. That, of course, is not my most comfortable place, but... <laughs> I am leaning towards playing the archetype. Okay, well, if Camden, if you're comfortable with the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Camden doesn't have to pay a, pretend play a male patriarchy. character. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. If you're okay with pretend pa- patriarchy, then uh, let's call it that. Yep, that's fine. Only pretend patriarchy, no real patriarchy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the last question is, is there anything that you guys uh, don't want to include in the game? Anything you'd like to avoid? I've got two big rules for me in general, and that's uh, no sexual assault and no torture of women or children or or animals. That covers me. (laughs) Sounds like we're all on very much on the same page, which means we can move on to the backstory phase where we get to create our characters. So the backstory phase has got two parts. And in the first part, we create our characters, which are the major characters of the game. And then in the second part, we create our connections, who are supporting characters that will play a vital role in the story to unfold. We are going to use the playset that is in the quick start. So we save like half an hour of us being like, what what if we pair this one with this one? Oh, that'd be interesting. (laughs) I don't think it's going to work. In this game, the facilitator does have the option to play a major character, but I will not do that because I feel that would be too confusing in an audio medium. (laughs) What I've compiled and sent you guys is like, groups of character materials you will still need to create your characters from those character materials they're not pre-gens by any means they it's just so that we don't have to mix and match which character materials go together 
for three players, the ones that we will use will be the, I think I labeled them by their role. So the, the socialite, the heir, and the new arrival. Every character ha- is made up of four different components. The first one is their character role, and that's the archetype that society views them as. So, oh, that lady is the socialite. That man is an heir. He's very wealthy. That's basically all you need to know about him. This person is new. And that's kind of how, like, Austin works, especially at the beginning of the novel. You see Mr. Darcy and you're like, ah, he is the new arrival. The second one is your family background. So just as important as who you are in the Regency era is, of course, who your family is. Your family background gives you additional advantages um, and stuff you can do in the game. The third one is your secret desire. That is sort of a burning hope or a passion that your character wishes to accomplish. And that's the source of a lot of the drama in the game as you guys go around trying to pursue that. And then the last one is a relationship which you will establish with another character. To make the desire cards easier to pick without revealing anything, I have assigned a Jane Austen quote to each one. So to go through sort of of the three options, you've got a socialite from a military background and the desire cards is a large income is the best recipe for happiness I ever heard. Then we've got the heir who's from a peerage background and their uh, desire card quote is what is right to be done cannot be done too soon. Lastly, the new arrival from old money, and their quote is, selfishness must always be forgiven, you know, for there is no hope of a cure. I have a stupid question. What does peerage mean? It means that you are from the nobility. So your family, or, or pos- yeah, your family, are, like your parents probably, if you're the heir, um, will be lord and lady such and such. And you'll be hanging around waiting for the day you are lord and lady or lady such and such. Basically, you're important. Do you guys have feels about characters? I'm happy with any of these. Camden, what are you thinking? I'm happy to do uh, any of them. Probably the new arrival is, if pressed, what I would pick first. I'm going to press you, so you should take the new arrival. (laughs) All right, done. Cool. Emily, can I play the socialite? I want to play the socialite. You You can play whoever you want. Let's do that. So in the folders for your respective characters, you will see all the things that I mentioned. So you will see the secret desire side of your secret desire card. Your relationship card also has two sides. So there's a side with exclamation marks and a side without exclamation marks. The side with the, without the exclamation marks is the public side. So that's what all the world will know about your relationship. The side with the exclamation marks is the private side. So that's what only you and the person you have the relationship with will know about the relationship. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. (laughs) So I will Mm. give you guys a moment to just, like, read through everything. Emily, so you're playing the air, right? (laughs) Yep. So before we actually create our characters... We're going to do the relationship part first so that you can take that into account when you create your character. In the interest of maximum drama, I would probably suggest that, Sender, you give your relationship card to Camden. Does that oh, make interesting. Sense to you? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think mine should go to Senda. <laughs> 
Doing so, perfectly. should we go read the cards that we're passing to each other? Yeah, so you'll need to pop into the folder of that person and don't look at their desire. Oh my gosh. Don't look at their desire. Okay. So don't look at the red card. Oh my gosh. Just look at the blue one. <laughs> Sorry, Camden. And then Camden, does yours go to Emily? Probably. Does so. it make sense? Yeah. Oh, Camden, I'm excited for this one. <laughs> Now you get to make your characters, which is basically something you do on your character roll sheet. It's much like an Apocalypse World playbook in that you circle things. Yay! My favorite kind of... (laughs) (laughs) And when you have names, I will put those names in the roll 20 so that we know who we are in this world. My name is Peter Thorpe. All right, I'm going to go with uh, Lydia Hurst. I will be Rebecca Knightley. So everybody always knows that I come from Peerage. (laughs) My last name is Knightley. (laughs) So for the audience at home, we're picking names, ages, our countenance, our temperament, and our connections right now. And when you have your ages, throw them at me as well. I'll pop them in there just... You know, because marriageability is very important, so. Right, I'm, I'm 27. Yep. <laughs> 24. Nice. <laughs> yep. I kind of want to be 19. <laughs> is that, in the Regency era, is that too young? No. I don't know. No, no. Cool. That is a good age. That is a very good age. You'd be, like, out in society, but not so old, like, that people have gotten sick of you. I know, thank God I'm not 23 yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and completely unmarriable. Oh, Lydia! <laughs> <laughs> and I want to be awkward and shy. I'm going to be both elegant and excitable. Which should be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good combination. And uh, I'll be foreign and graceful. Cool. So basically, once everyone has enough, had, had enough time to think, we'll go through and introduce. And after we've done that, we will come back and do connections. What would you like us to do for character introductions? Like, it's up to you guys how you want it presented. But you could always just talk a bit about, like, who you are. If you have any defining features like the new arrivals, like, I came here two weeks ago or whatever it is. Like, yeah, you might want to mention a bit about your the public part of your relationship. Uh-huh. If you want to, yeah. But basically, whatever information you think is pertinent for a listener to get to know you. I have some thoughts, and I'm willing to talk. And I don't know if they're fully coalesced, but I am happy to say them. And I'm going to be sort of lazy and describe to you the wonderful picture that is on this. (laughs) (laughs) Because that is my current inspiration. (laughs) Um... Yeah, well, hang on, let me think about this for a second. I don't, I don't do good boy voices, so this is going to be kind of funny. Should I try this? Am I going to attempt this? Because I remember last time in your game, I also did a weird accent, and it ended up being like this weird rambling thing that moved all over the place. And it was yet that's, adorable. That's usually, that's usually what happens, so I'm like, I mean, boy, am I committing to this again? Like, I <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. You'll be playing two characters, so at least one of them will have to have a distinctive Right. Voice. That's very, very true, mm. because we have to be able to tell them apart on mm-hmm. audio. 
I'm Peter Thorpe. I'm 27. I've been in the military for uh, most of my adult life. Um, If you see me, one of the things that you will always notice about me is that um, my uniform is always in perfect condition, perfect order, very new, never fraying. My boots are always in prime condition, never dirty. The best the best that they can be and still be regulation. I pride myself in both my appearance and um, the society that I keep. See, I'm a handsome gentleman with um, full curly... Now I'm just describing the picture. <laughs> oh, yes, please describe him. Describe the picture. Oh, yes. I know. I was like, no, that's good. I'll play him. Very full brown hair coming off the front in a fantastic curl. And I keep rather luscious sideburns and a sort of jaunty expression uh, with a hawk-like nose. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lydia and I, of course, have known each other for a while. I'm sure that we will discuss this more, how that actually Mm. works when we talk about that. But once in my travels, I actually met Lydia in her home. It was quite enjoyable. We we get along splendidly and we have, you know, (laughs) kept in contact via letters and and such like as occasion warrants. Now, Rebecca, though... (laughs) Rebecca has hurt me deeply. She's she's very cold these days, and you know I'm not particularly inclined to spend a lot of time with her anymore. As it as it happens, it's unfortunate, but these things happen. Not everyone is going to get along all the time. How is your military career going? Because I want to know what rank we're gonna assign you. Uh, he's pretty. He's, they make him do all the like <laughs> formal things. What, what's 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 good middle like lieutenant? <laughs> I'm going to give you the rank of captain. Let's 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 go for Captain Thorpe. Captain Thorpe. Uh, yes, I, I've recently been promoted. In fact, to captain. It's it's good. So now I have these lovely in the image again gold bristly bits on my. It's <laughs> <laughs> the formal name. Epaulets. Epaulets. There we go. Oh, Jim McClure is going to be very sad at me with his bad boy epaulets. <laughs> All right. So Lydia. And I've already forgotten my own last name. Uh, Hurst. 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 Lydia Hurst. I should write that on here so I don't forget it again, (laughs) which I am famous for forgetting my own name. Lydia Hurst is a short, dark-haired woman. Getting up in years. She's 24 years old at this point. She's from Spain. (laughs) While unmarried, her prospects are are better than you would expect from a 24-year-old woman. I have met these companions i have not all i've had good fortune to travel i did some studies in england and returned to my homeland and have come back i made friends with peter while we were there i mean he's a better escort than none if the time you know he's friendly he's affable my heart my heart dear lady (laughs) if i had to pick one person that i was most fond of it would be rebecca Rebecca is just a lovely young girl. I was able to tutor her in some of the finer points of society and uh, the complications involved therein. I think that we've just remained close ever since, and, and I really look forward to seeing the young married woman that she grows into and the power that she will one day wield. We don't have to answer this question now, but at some point we would probably want to know why you came back to let us give our place that we are a name. I will use the default name, mm. Habisher. Let's let's be in a place called Habisher. At some point, we would want to know what Lydia is doing in Habisher. My father had plans to marry me to somebody who, 
to me is unacceptable. It turned out that I was called away. Poor, poor Rebecca had a health emergency, and I was the only one that could nurse her back to health. So despite my father's protests, I, I had no choice but to go to her in her time of need and help keep relations between our families. Yes, our families are quite close. This person that you just mentioned, the one that you're engaged to that you didn't like, is definitely going to be a character. So just noting that, just straight up noting that down. We will create them in a second. I am Rebecca Knightley. I came out only a couple of years ago and am still seeking my destiny husband. (laughs) And I'm still seeking uh, my future husband. I am the... Heir to a large estate, but of course, as women cannot inherit, uh, I must marry well in order to provide for the rest of my family. They can actually inherit, as long as you don't have an older brother, which you don't because you're the heir. Oh, never mind. I'm yeah. the heir. <laughs> yeah. I'm going that to That is your thing. Like, that is your one thing. You're like, I'm <laughs> going to inherit a lot of money. Uh, I have struggled somewhat socially, although I come from a good family, as I am... A little bit awkward and shy. Uh, Even though I'm surrounded by suitors, I don't know what to do with them. Uh, Luckily, my good friend uh, Lydia, who is a a bit older than me and a bit old to be single, but uh, has helped me understand some of the the finer points of society. Captain Thorpe and I used to be friends, and that is all I shall say about that. I believe that's all there is to say. <laughs> that is all there is to say. Habershire is a bit of a ways from the knightly estates, so I do feel as though I am free from my some of my duties to focus on the hunt for a proper husband. I do think that we need to find out what it was that caused the relationship between Peter and Rebecca. Oh, I know exactly what it was. Okay, good. Cool. I don't. Do I have to say it? Well, you might need to share it with Sender because you know. Okay. (laughs) You can just text it to. Do you want to text? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Let me grab my phone. (laughs) (laughs) So many secrets. All right. So now we have created the characters you guys will be playing. The next step is to create the important and influential people surrounding your characters. Who are your connections? As I mentioned earlier. Each of you is, is going to play one of the connections of another character. In your folder, I have put, if you would like to use it, like a little connections project, like a Word doc, to create, like just to speed up the process of creating the connections, but you don't have to use it if you don't want to. It's just your connections in terms of who they will be. So on your character role sheet, you have a connection section, which I'm sure you saw before. Yes. Because this is a single session game, you will only be creating two connections each. Because, you know, like, we love drama, but, like, at some point, it'll be too yeah, much drama. You've got to be able to play through it. Yeah. yeah. I would strongly suggest that one of Lydia's connections should be the suitor previously mentioned. And I will note them under your character names um, once we've worked out who they are so that um, we can all tell who's who. Um, what is the opinion box? Is it my opinion of them or their opinion of me? Their opinion of you. Good point. Your opinion of them will come out during play, but right. the person playing them needs to know their <laughs> opinion know. of you. Mm. Yeah. So the next thing to do is to glance upon everybody's connections and pick one that is not your own connection that you will play during the game. 
and then stick your name in the played by section. Can I have Susanna Castile? Cast- is it Cast- Castillo. 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 <laughs> that makes That's sense. great because I was about to say I don't want to play Susanna. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play Jorge Cortez. <laughs> Ooh, the jilted, engaged. <laughs> Disinherited. Ooh. Yeah. It's because he could get the job done. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, both of Lydia's connections are like shady. Like <laughs> yeah, shady. whispers and glances like Susanna, rumors of past misdemeanors, concealed fortunes. <laughs> Welcome to the world of Lydia. How old is Susanna? Oh, I'd say twenty four, exactly the same mm-hmm. age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how about Jorge? Mm-hmm. I think he needs to be. Um, He's super old. He's thirty-one. He, he, <laughs> I was, I was going to go like thirty-seven. I mean, I was going to be. Oh yes. And then I can be Jane. You mean Jane? Can I be Veronica? Just to clarify, you guys only play one. Other. Oh, sorry. One. Then so, oh, never mind. Yeah, and then I play the other one. That is that is what I get to do in this game. <laughs> in that case, can I please play Captain Richard Barrel then? <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, that's fine. I will take ooh, strikingly handsome, bitter and resentful Arthur Livingston. Sender, <laughs> <laughs> are you good where you are? Or do you want to move? I'm thinking. No, I'll I'll stick where I am. That's fine. Okay. So that leaves me with like all the characters that aren't awful. Oh wait, no, and Sir Cortez. So yeah. <laughs> I will now explain how to play the game. This game is played in basically cycles of phases. The phases of the game are as such. The first phase is the novel phase, and that is what you will know some know as regular role play, where you play characters <laughs> and do things <laughs> in the world. And that is broken up into chapters, which basically is just a scene that's at a single place or event but it doesn't mean a scene is in like a single conversation for example a chapter could be the ball and then we do everything that happens at the ball and when the ball ends the chapter ends the second phase is called rumor and scandal where we create rumors and scandal so i will tell you about that when we get to it and then mm-hmm. the third phase is the epistolary phase where we write letters i love this game <laughs> <laughs> I can't, the one thing that I was hoping for was a letter writing monologue. <laughs> so this is not just one type of monologue in this game, but two types of monologue. <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm know if so I can excited. handle this, y'all. <laughs> That's basically the phases of play, and so we will probably, depending on how the story goes, do either two or three chapters. How you play during a chapter. The main mechanic of this game is resolve tokens. Those tokens let you do like a great number of influential things over the story. So for example, you can create an event, conversation or circumstance. You can manipulate or change the feelings of a supporting character. You can use them to get favors and compel people to do something. You can create details. You can create flashbacks. Basically, what whatever you dream you can do with like a few exceptions. And those exceptions all revolve resolve around consent and collaboration. So making sure when we screw over other people, which we will do, we have their consent first. There's two times where you need to like stop and get the consent of another person. Firstly, when you are using a resolve token to do something that is harmful to another major character, 
or compel them to do something. Harmful to their interests would be like Peter Thorpe, father dies or something like that. More, more likely to that, it'd be like whoever your love interest falls in love with another person. That's very harmful to your interests. It could be a lot of different circumstances. If we're not sure, we'll just stop and have a think about it. Compelling someone to do something is very obvious. It's like, Peter Thorpe, I want you to confront Richard about his the rumors he's been spreading about you or whatever. So when that happens, instead of just playing the token and it's gone, you offer the token to the other person. Here's what I want. Do you want this? And the other person can either say, hell yeah, take the token, say yes, but, and say a condition under which they'll accept it. So, for example, yeah, I'll confront Richard, but only if we can do it in a quiet place. Or the reverse, but only if we can do it in front of all the ladies. Or you can say, no, that's just not a thing that would ever work for my character, so I'm going to say no. Yeah, so does that make sense so far? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So the second thing that you would need to do that process for is compelling a connection that's controlled by another player. So if you want to compel Richard to confront Peter, then you will need to offer Emily your token and be like, hey, I want Richard to do this thing. And Emily can oh, hell yeah. be like, yeah, I'm taking <laughs> oh that. And that. That token, it actually doesn't go to Emily's character. That goes to Richard. And the third thing is obviously we had a collaboration phase earlier. You can't use those tokens to do anything that wouldn't fit in with the collaboration phase. You'll note that you, your main character starts with two resolve tokens. Your connection also starts with two resolve tokens. Those tokens are for use only to have that connection influence the story in some way. So, for example, there's a private conversation and then you grab the token and you're like, from around the corner, Captain Barrel appears and you use the token to make him do something to influence the story your tokens that belong to you you can use them to do whatever you like that is the main mechanic along with that there is some other things that are important reputation so on your sheet on your roll sheet you'll see like a spot for reputation peter and lydia you guys start on whispers and glances rebecca starts on in total disrepute because of the thing I do? I think that should be on your card. Is that on your desire card? No, I start with one reputation. Yeah. So that's what bottom. it says. Oh, that's yeah. the bottom. One. I thought it was the top. Oh, man. No. <laughs> oh, wow. So what I did to Peter is coming back to bite me in the ass. Okay. Yeah. So that thing <laughs> you did. After every chapter, we will collectively vote on who we thought. Like, So we pick the person who we thought, one person who we thought, gained reputation and one person who we thought lost reputation and that will trigger a reputation event which is like a very short either vignette or just something that happens in the world as a result of that change so your reputation is important guys of course because it's a jane austen game reputation is everything so the other token you've got in roll 20 the red one that is your monologue token you can once during the session, play that token on another player to have them reveal their internal inner monologue. So basically, we go inside that character's head and they, that player will do a monologue of that character's internal thoughts. Preferably like a suitable, drama- suitably dramatic m- moment, like after a proposal or such is often good time. Wait, you think there's going to be a proposal? Mm. I have never <laughs> played 
this game, I've played this game many, many times now, and I have never played a uh, session of this game that didn't involve a proposal. Just putting it out there. I feel like there might be a <laughs> Well, proposal. I mean, it is Jane Austen. And then I just reiterate, as I said previously, this is a very, a very collaborative game. So if you think of something cool that should happen that doesn't involve you, like, say it. I know you guys do that anyway. It's very much driven by your character's desires and relationships. Your desire is the thing that guides your character at the beginning of the game, but it may change as the game progresses, as stuff happens to you and, you know, character development and that. Does that all make sense before we kick off? Can I just ask you, so advantages, the once per session stuff yeah. on the play sheet? So just once per session, you can do that thing? Yeah, correct. Yeah, that's once per session each. Okay. And that's the same with your family backgrounds, unless it says otherwise on the background. The first chapter of this game generally starts with a ball. Feeling, I'm feeling a ball. You guys feeling a ball? Um, yeah, Sounds, I am 100% beside, behind a ball. And so we would need to know who is hosting this ball. I'm just having a look at, at our connections here. I wonder, do any of you think you would be hosting the ball? Maybe my family would? Yeah, your family might. I like the idea that your family is hosting a ball because of the fact that your reputation is not so great right now. <laughs> people have been saying things. Uh, people know things. Yeah. And it's just been very hard to secure your invitation to like the usual events and gatherings that uh, you would need to go to to find a suitable suitor. And so as a result, your family has decided to hold a ball. So, you know, if you host it, they will come. The suitors can come to you. Mm -hmm. And it's a great excuse. So what kind of ball would your family host? What, is it, what does the ballroom look like? What's the vibe? I'm thinking uh, the 1997 made-for-TV Cinderella starring Miss uh, Brandy and Whitney Houston. <laughs> so that ball is what comes to mind, but with a, a little bit more Regency dress. So the idea that there is this grand staircase that you sort of have to ascend outside and then descend into the ball, it sort of goes into this large space for dancing. There's food and everything set up sort of around the sides. And then there is an outside, ah, uh, what's the name? A garden? Not park, Walking but yes. Like a and there's a large garden where there might be a hedge major somewhere where you can get lost. Ah, yes. With uh, somebody maybe. Full orchestra and it's, it's colorful and it's grand. I like it. I still don't have pockets though. So do you do you have feels about that? You're making a face. I'm making a face because I can't believe I'm here. Oh, fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't invite you. <laughs> what is Rebecca doing just before the ball is underway? I'm probably in my chambers there. If I am remembering right, like a lot of of girls my own age would have sort of gathered together and gotten ready together for the ball and for, I don't know, mutual support. Is, is Lydia staying with you? Oh, no, she's come to to visit you. Yeah, Lydia is totally staying with me. Huh? Absolutely. If that's okay with Camden. Absolutely. 
our friends, our, our families are great friends. And my family at least hopes to sort of detract from my recent outbursts and social issues by this grand ball and the introducing of Lydia and kind of diffusing the outbursts and whatnot into last week's news. Does Lydia know about your uh, reputational difficulties? I don't know, Camden. What do you What do you think? <laughs> I feel like that's something people will talk behind my back about. Yeah, I think that uh, Lydia knows, but she doesn't care. That's what she's really tutoring you on: is turning people to uh. Uh, your favor. That's good because I'm going to need that. <laughs> so, what's the conversation uh, before the ball begins? What are Lydia and Rebecca talking about? Rebecca, dear. This is an important event, not just for you, but for your family. It is important to maintain certain ideas, certain perceptions. I'm not afraid to tell you, Lydia, I am a bit nervous. I haven't seen Peter since the incident. I understand that, but you need to focus. You are like a hunter out there on the dance floor. Find your prey, size them up. And if you deem them worthy, you take control. <laughs> In the most ladylike way possible, of course. <laughs> well, you know, they say that the man may be the head of the family, but the woman is the neck that directs where the head looks. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, I, I do believe some of my uh, other suitors will be coming as well. And, you know, I, I really only need one, Lydia, so uh, uh, feel absolutely. free. It, it never hurts to have a backup, dear. <laughs> Speaking of which, I will take care of Peter. Don't even worry about it. All right. Yes, I, I would like him to have a good time tonight and to be saying good things about at least my family by the morning. He will be saying very good things about this party by the end of the night. Oh, I love it. And I feel like there's a scene <laughs> there. Yeah. And now stay tuned for a quick interview with me and Michael at the RPG Academy about that little thing that changed at the very beginning of our episode. Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast and... She's a super geek! (laughs) (laughs) So this is Michael and I'm here today with... Senda. And we have sort of a special bonus episode announcement type of thing that we need to talk about and we wanted everyone listening on both sides to be a part of the conversation because it's some exciting cool stuff so so Cinda you recently were given an opportunity to be a part of something that basically aligns very much with the core tenets of what she's a super geek was founded on would you be willing to share a little bit about what this cool thing is yeah so well, let, let me let me back up a step. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. There's like there's like a series of layers here. <laughs> it's like an onion. It is like an onion or a parfait. <laughs> <laughs> so last year, I got asked to co-run the Misdirected Mark Productions Network. Right. So that was a very cool opportunity for me, and I have been doing that, and I've been very involved 
with that network since then. And then as part of that, eventually, um, I was also asked if um, I would want to bring She's a Super Geek over to do some cool things with the network in terms of specifically showcasing up and coming female designers of games and kind of helping people launch in connection with encoded designs and both and a misdirected mark network. So both in terms of publishing and then being part of the marketing that would go with that, um, which is really, really cool because yes, it is. We're kind of all about that. We're kind of all about to steal Contessa's line, um, women in leadership roles in gaming, right? That's something that's very near and dear to us. So um, yeah, it's very cool. So it sounds like this is a cool opportunity that there are some moving pieces and parts that aren't quite settled. So we can't share as much as we would like to necessarily. Right. But at the same time, enough pieces and parts have been put into place that we can kind of see the picture. We, we know it's a kitty right. cat in a field, right? Right. Um, <laughs> We've been painting by numbers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're, we're close. But that brings us to kind of an interesting situation. So the RPG Academy Network uh, is a terrible name because we are not a network. We've never been a network. We're an affiliation of podcasts, and we probably should use that name, but hey, it's just like a catacomb. It's a bad name, but we're stuck with it at this point. (laughs) Uh, But we have a charter. We have some sort of rules and guidelines on how we operate. And one of the things that we have put into our charter is that you can't have a dual affiliation as far as a network is concerned. Because we're not truly a network, it really kind of, in my mind, it kind of sort of devalues what we're doing if anyone can be in, but they don't really have to be in. Yes. But with this new opportunity... Even though you're kind of straddling the line anyway, which is totally fine and was totally within the network charter, you know, you're right. working I, with encoded I designs. I had one show with... here and one show here. Yes. Correct. You're right. <laughs> Absolutely. There's absolutely nothing against our rules or regulations or whatever with that. And what's going to happen with this new project, you kind of really have to be on the other side of that. I do have to kind of jump over there. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> uh, sadly for me, but very excitedly for you, I assume, we are here to announce that the RPG Academy Network has a new frenemy. We're going to go to the big board. We have Jim McClure, (laughs) and now we have Cinda and Emily. Uh, Sadly, you will be switching out of our network and into the Misdirected Mark. To the Misdirected Mark network. So when it comes right down to it, Jim and his Toucan network, they were right (laughs) after all. (laughs) Nothing good lasts forever, Cinda. Right. It's the joy of betrayal. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, just very similar to like when we had the conversation with Jim, we thought we owed it to the audience because in case anyone did have any questions about why a show that was with the network no longer is, and also let people know there's no hard feelings. Like, I'm not upset at all about Cinda and Emily leaving. I'm very excited about this opportunity they have. When they joined the network, it was very clear what they were trying to do and what they have been doing successfully since then. And I can't blame them at all for wanting to take an opportunity that's right in line with those core values. So I'm excited for you guys. I'm looking forward to seeing what you can do in that space. And, you know, I probably will be right there with you helping as much as I can also. (laughs) You you may have picked up on a little awkwardness in the conversation because Cinda and I have known about this possible change for a very long time. Yeah. And we've, you know, we've just been carry on as normal, but it's got to the point that with your responsibilities in the other network that it just, it really isn't fair to you or in some cases to us yeah. that you're trying to keep everything separate. So even though this project is not quite ready to launch, yes. it's going to happen. Yeah. And it makes sense just to do a break now 
Right. Because, you know, yeah, it is a yeah. thing where it's like we're getting to the point where, you know, most of my energy is going into the misdirected Mark stuff because I, I have a much more involved role in that network at the moment because I'm like making decisions with Chris and, you know, running some social media and all of that kind of stuff. And the other piece of that, what that means is that my time hasn't been invested in the RPG Academy network and, and doing the things that I should be doing there actually to support that. It is very bittersweet. That we at the Academy here are saying goodbye to Cinda and Emily, but it's not really a goodbye because we're still going to be friends. We're still going to be podcasting buddies. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you guys will still continue to come on our show on occasion. We would love to return and maybe do a soft sequel at some time. (laughs) That would Uh, be awesome. (laughs) It would be awesome. So, just I'm very excited for you guys and anyone who's listening, anyone who who cares, honestly. We just thought it it was worth the time to kind of explain what was happening, why it was happening in case you had questions about why a show was leaving the network. So any, I don't say final words, but any last words on this sh- episode, Cinda, before we sign off? Still sounded like it. Last words still sounded like <laughs> it. You know that, right? Any, <laughs> got any parting words for now? Parting words. Yes. <laughs> Temporarily parting. <laughs> yes. Um, I feel like I should have thought about this ahead of time because now I'm on the spot. I, I don't think so. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. We like you guys. Um, we like you we guys. definitely do. We I've really actually enjoyed being part of the RPG Academy Network. It's been a really great experience for us in our show. So we really do actually appreciate the time that we've spent as part of that group a lot. And it is a group of really cool people. And are you gonna kick me out of the slack? <laughs> <laughs> Technically Jim's still there too. He's a ghost. Uh, so you don't yeah, you're Welcome to weigh in on occasion. Uh, and again, if we were doing the trial that you want to jump in on, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. See, Very cool. I feel better. <laughs> All right. So thank you for again for being a part of the network for as long as you have. It was a very it was a very long time. I mean, honestly, yeah, you were like the third show, I think, that joined. Yeah. Uh, um, I think it's been what, like a probably about a year and a half? Yeah, somewhere around, maybe even longer than that. I'm not exactly sure, but it's been a good long time. We've, yeah. again, loved having you on. We've loved getting to know you and Emily more. And I know we did a panel together. Emily and I did a panel the year before. I think you were there for that one as well. Mm-hmm. You're, you're good peoples. And that's that's why we wanted you part of the network to begin with. You're quality people. You have a quality show. And uh, we're just happy to have you for as long as we did. Well, thanks. <laughs> so best <laughs> of luck in all of your future endeavors. Thanks, Michael. You too. Awesome. Thank you. So this has been Michael. This has been Senda. And we will see you next time. (laughs) Bye. We hope you enjoyed episode 74 of She's a Super Geek. If you liked what you heard, please consider backing us on Patreon at patreon.com slash sasgeek. You can also leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice, which makes us super duper happy. You can find Camden and all the cool things that he is working on at camden.com, C-A-M-D-O-N. And you can find the Story Brewers at storybrewersroleplaying.com. Don't forget to check out Good Society on Kickstarter right now. It's blown all of its stretch goals out of the water. It is so completely backed. If you enjoyed our playthrough so far, we're going to be playing it for another couple of episodes, but it won't be on Kickstarter for that entire time. So now is the time to go check it out. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on Twitter at SASGeekPodcast, or you can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash SASGeek, or you can find us at SASGeek.com for links to the rest of our social media or to leave comments. 
Our theme song is Rock and Roll Play Baby by Kieran Strange. Find more fantastic music, tour dates, and merchandise at kieranstrange.com or follow on Twitter for news and updates at Kieran Strange. We'll see you in two weeks for our next adventure. This is, I'm ready.